you like to welcome each one here this morning. It's consummating. I would like to go to Matthew 6. And I know, I feel like I've asked you many times over the last few years, just who you are inside. And I know maybe you're getting tired of it, but the core of, of our lives is kind of what's on our heart. Where is our heart? What, what are we dwelling on? What are we pursuing in life? So, again, I'll ask you, who are you? Or who am I? In what I see, do I see the real you? There's one word that's been popping up in the, the news network, and also I've heard it over the um, at church, and I think last Sunday the older class discussed a little bit, but what's a hypocrite? And, you know, you hear the word, so what is a hypocrite? And we would say, well, it's someone who says one thing and does something different. And, you know, this whole thing with masks, you, sometimes you see some of the governors in public without masks that are pushing masks. So who are we? Are we a hypocrite? Jesus addressed a problem here in Matthew 6 that I would like to look at. First eight verses, and then I'll jump down a couple verses later. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may, be, they, that they may have the glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alm, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. And thy alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. But when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to stand to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter to thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain reputations, repetitions, as the heathens do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth that things ye have need of before ye ask him. Verse 16 to 18. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy, head with, anoint thy head and wash thy feet, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So Jesus was addressing 
the Pharisees and telling them that you're hypocritical. So if you look at the word here that he uses, it's talking about an actor. So they were acting out something that in their mind they want you to think. So in other words, I act out that, or I want to appear uh, righteous, so I'm going to act out something to appear righteous. And they would use, they would use prayer, they would use giving, they would use um, fasting, all of a tool to show, to act to the people that they're righteous, and they're righteous before God. But were they? <clears throat> well, Jesus said they, they were actor, uh, They were hypocrites. Actor or pretender who puts on a false front of virtue or religion. And also, in looking at it, uh, he expects everyone to live up to a standard, but does not feel obligated to do himself. And you see that uh, Jesus addressing that to the Pharisees so often. Like, you know, you put all these rules in, the, to the, in place and you want all these people to follow it, but you don't do it yourself. And that's what you would describe as a hypocrite. Matthew 23. Jesus described a little bit about who they were. Um, being as a hypocrite. I'll just read a couple verses here. Uh, Matthew 23, 27 to 28. One to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, or actors, or pretenders. For ye are like unto whitened sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are full within, full of dead bones dead man's bones and of all uncleanliness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Woe unto you, or I'll stop there. So, um, Jesus was telling them that you were making the outside look beautiful. You know, they were painting their, their fences and making their house look very attractive. But if you was to go inside the house, you would find it trashed and, and dirty. And we would say, if we were in that situation where we walk up the sidewalk of a beautiful house you know, with real nice um, yeah, painted white picket fence and, and you would um, flowers all pl- beautiful and the grass mowed in and just like attractive, but then when you walk through the door, you would find two-by-fours lying around, and you would find junk, and you would find, yeah, just a bunch of trash. We would say, how hypocritical. But yet, Jesus is saying here, that's exactly what the Pharisees are. On the inside, on the outside, they were attractive. And if you've ever been to Israel or seen a picture of a Jew... You know, very, very righteous, very religious. And anyways, Jesus says, your insides are dirty. And I, 
think of what Jesus told his, his people, which would have been the Jews, that outwardly, or with your mouth, you mention my name, but your heart is far from me. And I feel like that's where the Pharisees were. They were using their words to honor God, but their hearts was far from him. So where is your love? And I thought Gary um, mentioned some more in his opening pretty well is, do you have that spark? When you open up the word of God, do you have that spark? Or is it just something we do? If we come to church, do we have a spark? Or is it just something we do? In Titus chapter 1, verse 16, it says, They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him, being abominable, abominable, disobedient, and unto every good work and reprobate. So Jesus here was, was, um, Jesus, Titus here was saying that, you know, outwardly, I, I went and moved, got off that, but they were professing to be godly, but they weren't living it. So in other words, I'm righteous, I go to God and I praise and I worship God, but then my life from Monday to Saturday isn't living the life that, I, that I'm living here. So what about your life? You know, we would say, well, we're not hypocrites. Well, Pharisees set out that also that they're not hypocrites, but they were righteous, and they done all these works to appear righteous. But so then it goes back to that question, what's going on inside your life? And I want to get to that here in a little bit and ask you some questions. But are we professing the godly life that we're living, but not living it? Can the world see a different me? There was a man in Matthew 10 that I would like to talk about, that we've talked about last Sunday a little bit, Sunday school class. Matthew 10. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, so that he had called his 12 disciples unto him, And it says, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of diseases and all manner manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. Now, do you know who was part of that 12? Well, if we go down to verse 4, it says, Simon the Canaanite and Judas Iscariot, the one who also betrayed him. So here's a man that was a, walked with Jesus for, I would say, maybe close to three years at this point. 
He was part of that group that was with Christ when he did the miracles, the feeding of the, the thousands with a little bit of food. He saw them healing sicknesses, and he just seen a whole lot of miracles. So we would say Judas had it, was a good man. But do we really know who Judas was? We know because we read the story. But the disciples didn't know. I want to go to Matthew or John 12. And thinking of no doubt, um, they looked highly on Judas. And they even get, uh, he was a treasure. He's the one that took care of the money bag. And so I would assume that the, all the other disciples thought of Judas as being a good man. In John 12, verse 4 to 6, it says, Then he had just, uh, Mary had just anointed oil on Jesus that cost quite a bit of money. And Judas speaks up here. Then said one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? Then he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and had the bag and bare what was put in therein. So he was actually taking the money and using it. And again, did the disciples know that? It appears that they didn't. But did he care for the poor? And that's where the part of the hypocritical part of Judas was. He appeared that he cared about the poor, but he didn't. Then if we go to John 13, verse 21 to 25, it says, Then Jesus had said that he was troubled in spirit, and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. So Jesus knew that one, of, and he knew who it was. But the disciples didn't. Then the disciples looked one to another, doubting of whom he spake. Now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom, which was John, and one of his disciples whom Jesus loved, and Peter, being at the back, being a servant, actually... Um, nodded to John, asked him who it is. And Simon Peter therefore beckoned unto him that he should ask who it is, who it should be of whom he spake. He then, lying on Jesus' breast, saith unto him, Lord, who is it? And Jesus answered, He it is to whom I will dip a sop when I have dipped it. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now, did the disciples know who was going to betray him? Well, again, it appears that they didn't. Because of verse 28, he says, Now, no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. For some of them thought that because John, he had just told John, Whatever you do, do quickly. 
Don't waste any time. Get out there and do it. And anyways, so the disciples then thought that because of, in verse 29, because Judas Iscariot had the bag that Jesus said to him, go buy those things that we have need of against the feast or that he should give something to the poor. So they had no idea what was in the heart of Judas. You know, he could do all these things that he did inside his heart. And I'm sure he was dressed like them. You know, they probably felt like, looked at him and say, he's, he's an okay guy. But when they looked at his heart, like Jesus did, he was a different person. <clears throat> who, am I, who are you? You look, all of you look nice. And all of you would probably say, I look okay. But do you really know what's in my heart? Do I know what's in your heart? You know, as we go through council meetings, only you really know who you are. Let me show you who I am. Once we take out the outward appearance, we find out who we really are. And like I say, I don't know who you are, but God does. We may hide behind the suit coat or your nice dress or your nice shirt, and we say we're okay. But inside, we have a broken heart. So if I was to look at the history of your phone, if I could look at the, of what has went through your mind this last month, what would I find? Are you hiding behind a mask? You know, we appear good, and we go through council meetings, and I have many times in my life went through the council meeting, but have I really evaluated uh, who I was? And there was times I didn't have that spark, but I still went through and took communion. But I realized that it was off or not, and I really encourage you to look at your life in that way. Do you have that spark, that love for Christ that we should have? Are we carrying pride in our life? Do we have anger in our hearts because of what someone has done for us in the past? Is there a rebellious spirit in you? We don't want people telling us how to live my life. We don't want God to um, tell me that this is what i got to do to be a Christian. We don't want... Uh, mom and dad in the church and the government telling us what to do. Life is about me, and I want myself to be in the limelight. Maybe you have 
marriage problems and you're hiding behind your righteous garbs, but inside you, you have problems. So what occupies your thoughts? What is going through your mind throughout the, the weeks? You know, are we, um, do we have a heart for God? Do we have a love for God? Do you even love God? Again, you would have to ask. Now, I would say this morning, you come to the council meeting, we wouldn't say, I have marriage problems. And that will be, and you confess it, and you want to make things right. But I think you should find someone, um, if you have bitterness or anger, if somebody has hurt you in the past, find somebody. You know, it's a healing process, and sometimes it takes years to get through it. So, this morning I would like to encourage you, are you Judas? Or ask you this question, are you Judas? What is hiding behind your, your dress? Or are you a follower of Christ? So as we go through the council meeting, I would say, uh, do you have a love for God? I have a spark. And I do want to take part in communion. And I do have peace with God. And also my fellow men.